Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Are you spending too much time managing your Airbnb guest communications? With Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated messaging service, your guest communications go on autopilot so you can go back to living your life. Get your free Aviva IQ account at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, another news episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And then today I am co-hosting with Nicole Williams, who is the VP of Strategic Partnerships of Hostly. So, Nicole, welcome and good morning in California. Yeah, thank you. And good late evening to you, Jasper. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, as much as I love Asia, scheduling calls with California is <laughs> a real challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's either like, one of the worst parts. Yeah, it's either like 11 or midnight or it's like 7 in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very tough. Thank you for staying awake for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. It's all good. I've been having a lot of fun the last couple of days putting up my videos for the video log that I started on my YouTube channel. It's really been a lot of fun. Congratulations. That is awesome and ambitious and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, I just realized it's quite a commitment because, first of all, I have to think about something to say and and then uh, create the video. Usually it takes like two or three times to get a reasonable video. Like I never feel like it's really good video, but at least it's something acceptable. And then, you know, putting up up there and writing an email and stuff, but it's fun. So I'm, I'm excited to keep it going. And as I was doing some research about the whole vlogging thing, cause I, I didn't really know much about vlogging, but I looked at some of the most famous vloggers out there and some of them have you know millions and millions of views for each video that they publish and and these guys are doing it every single day and it's just funny because i looked at one of the most famous ones and his recent videos are, are really cool they're really well done and it's very professional you can tell but then i kind of scrolled through and watched his first one that he did like four years ago and it was a whole different story. <laughs> this guy was like really shy and, you know, didn't really know what to say. And so that gives me some encouragement that over time I'll, I'll get pretty good at it as well. Yeah, you will. It just takes practice. Just like being in the television business when we would get new people coming on camera. And then after a while, they were like our go-to pros because they, they just picked it up quickly. So just keep doing it every day. Practice makes perfect. Right. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive into this week's Airbnb news. I would say the most interesting article that came out was an article on fortune.com. It's an article published by Lee Gallagher, who's 
also known as the author of the Airbnb story, which is a really cool book about how Airbnb became such a big company. I guess she has a good relationship with Brian Chesky because she always manages to get interviews with him. And this time she interviewed with him about the experiences. You know, experiences, it's been about a year now, I guess, since it's been launched, right? It was launched in November yeah. 2016 at the Airbnb Open in Los Angeles, if I recall correctly. Right, right. About 30 minutes down the street from me. Oh, right. Yeah, you were in Los Angeles. I always think yeah. you're in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was here. That was very exciting. They pulled out all the stops for that. Yeah. I mean, she's saying it's still relatively small. And I think he's defending that it's small and saying that it's purposely, they've been keeping it small. I mean, it's also, Airbnb has been around 10 years or almost 10 years and experiences has been around one year. So it's, you know, of course it's not going to be as big, but I guess the number is there's 3000 experiences compared with 4 million homes is what she was comparing it to in her article. But I, I don't really think you can make that comparison. I kind of agree with him. Yeah, well, there's a number of arguments that he's making. First of all, he says they've earned about a half a million dollars from social impact experiences. Now, I don't think those are all the experiences. I think the social impact experiences are kind of a subset of the total amount of experiences that are out there. Mm -hmm. But um, I think there's something to be said for both arguments. Like she's kind of, you know, she's kind of saying like, well, you know, no one's really talking about it. It doesn't really seem to be taking off. And then he's saying, well, you know, when, when our homes business was one year old, we didn't have any traction, you know, and now with experiences, we already have like 3000 hosts. There's 10,000 people in the waiting list or tens of thousands of people to be correct. And so, you know, Brian is definitely expecting a lot of it. Now, I do think that the comparison between the experiences being one year old and the home business being one year old back in 2009, I guess, I guess that comparison doesn't really hold either because, you right. know, when you're creating a new marketplace, it's very, very tough. If you're starting mm -hmm. from scratch and you have no capital, like at the beginning, nobody wants to invest in Airbnb. You know, these guys are selling cereals to get by. And so no publicity. There you go. No, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, these guys are media machines now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, you can't really compare. I mean, right. that's like comparing not even apples to peers. That's like comparing apples to like a whole vineyard or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. we have like 15 million people on the Airbnb platform and billions of dollars in the bank. Yeah, that's a little easier to launch like a new feature than to build it all from scratch. But anyway, the other point that he makes, I think, is very valid. You know, he says he they purposely kept it as 3,000 experienced hosts. And the reason that they did so is that, you know, it's a different business. So they really want to make sure they understand it first. They, they're very hands-on when it comes to the management. They... You know, they have an application process. They're they're in touch with all the hosts to see how they're doing. Even if there's somebody who leaves it less than five stars, they contact the host to see what went wrong, what what's going on. That makes sense. You want to really learn and and make sure you get it right first before you go uh, full on with the expansion. Now, when they're doing the homes, of course, they didn't have that option because if you're trying to build a startup, then you know growth is 
the most important metric that the investors will look at, right? So you can't really, you don't really have the luxury of saying, hey, you know what? Let's have a thousand hosts and let's spend like a couple of years figuring out how this business works because by that time you run out of money. I think that makes sense. Interesting thing yeah. to notice as well. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, maybe it hasn't caught on with the customers and people aren't talking about it as much as maybe they anticipated or predicted. But I just got back from the Vacation Rental Managers Association in Orlando. It was last week. And I can tell you that in the industry, in the vacation rental short-term industry, it's a buzzword. It's a big buzzword. It's all about experiences, creating them for your customers. It's not necessarily another source of revenue for some of these smaller businesses, but in every little way, when guests are coming to their vacation rentals, it's creating an experience is is definitely at the forefront of the industry at this point, it seems like, from what I could gauge there. Interesting. How was the conference? Oh, it was fantastic. It was their national conference. We had gone previously to the Eastern and Western regionals, but the national was just another playing field. A lot of high energy and big volume. And it was great. It was good for us as a company to network. And I would highly recommend to everyone out there to attend at some point if they can. And this conference is only for vacation rental managers. Are these managers that manage multiple listings to have companies or can individual yeah, hosts yeah. go as well? No, not not for individual hosts. But it seems like with Airbnb launching their vacation rental management page, which they announced in all their services, that this might apply more and more to listeners of the podcast if you're managing multiple, but not necessarily for individual hosts. That's still good that they're going, hopefully they'll be having the, I think they already slated Airbnb open for next year. Is it Australia? Is it Sydney? Did I? That's uh, Well, yeah. that's the word on the street. Yeah. That's definitely the go-to for the individual host, but for multiple listings, highly recommend VRMA. Awesome. Well, just to finish up on the yeah. article, a few other interesting things is that he mentions that there's a bunch of hosts earning between 100000 and $200,000 a year, which is 10 times what he actually forecasted himself. He says most hosts on Airbnb earn $7,000. They're more occasional. So he's saying that, you know, when you're renting out your house, most people are doing it part-time, right? They're doing it when they're on holiday, when they're out of town, people renting out the spare room. But there's a number of people that are doing the experiences on a full-time basis. And apparently some people are making six-figure incomes with it. I'm pretty sure that's the vast minority. Pretty mm -hmm. sure he's kind of cherry-picking when with his examples here. But still, that's pretty crazy to imagine that well, you can Well, is that a profit? Is that profit or that total revenue too? I mean, I don't know if they're... They may be taking in a hundred, two hundred thousand a year. How much are they paying for the experience too? I mean, but you're right. It's still a big number. It's still a big number. It's just curious, like, you know, what the cost of that is. Yeah. One of the examples is two chefs in Florence in Italy. They have an experience where they, they pick up people at the train station, they take them to their house and they learn how to make pasta at home. And Very they cook cool. together and they eat together. And I can definitely imagine that there's people who'd be willing to pay a decent amount of money to have that type of experience. I guess if you do it every day, you get a couple of customers, 
you create this experience and you get enough people to keep you busy every single day, then it's possible to make that type yeah. of money. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's see. The last thing I want to mention is, so Brian Chesky is really expecting a lot from the experiences. He really thinks it's going to be big. And also he mentions that Airbnb's overall strategy is really to do what Amazon did to retail. They want to be a one-stop shop to travel. And they're looking at about 100 services that they could potentially offer in the future. It's exciting to see what they will come up with in the future and if they can really become that one-stop shop for travel or if it turns out that they should stick to their core business, which is, of course, the homes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Hosts, I am having so much fun running my Airbnb and hosting travelers from all around the world. I have to admit, though, Ensuring my guests receive all the details about their stay on time can be stressful and overwhelming. Recently, I learned about a cool new service called Aviva IQ. Aviva IQ automates, personalizes, and delivers my guest communications automatically, so I don't have to. Now I can relax knowing my guests are informed and happy. Did I mention Aviva IQ is free? Get your life back at www.avivaiq.com. Let's move on to the next news article. Well, I remember four months ago, we talked about the fact that Airbnb appointed a new head of Airbnb's China business. Now, four months later, he's already gone. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so Hi. that was a short event. I think the search lasted much longer than he was actually even there holding the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's left. It is not completely sure why he left and if he left on his own account or that he was fired. I think you mentioned that it seems like it was his own decision, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. I was searching his name, a bunch of the news articles. It's like he pulled the plug, it sounded like, is the way it was written. So yeah, I mean, Airbnb is not commenting. So I don't know if we're going to get more details on that or not. But if it was Airbnb that was pulling the plug, you'd think that they might have somebody already kind of teed up there to oversee it because now it looks like co-founder Nathan is going to be overseeing that, yeah, it's, that the, the article, well, it's interesting because that, that news article about Nate came out a couple of days ago, but the article states that the firm's current regional director for the Asia Pacific region will take over the role in an interim capacity. But then, as you mentioned, a couple of days ago, October 19th, there was an article that came out that Airbnb is uh, announcing that Nathan Lecharchik will become chairman of Airbnb China. So I don't know exactly what that means, what the difference is between the head of Airbnb's China division and chairman of Airbnb China. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, exactly what that yeah, means. But, it probably uh, means somebody's on the ground there and somebody's not. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's overseen from San Francisco. <laughs> but it kind of sounds like they knew this guy was going to leave and it kind of shows how important China is to Airbnb that they're sending their co-founder now to oversee the operations. But still, I feel like they're, how do you say that, the odds are kind of against them because you know, there's this very few examples of startups that have been successful in China. I mean, we all know that the Chinese government as well as the Chinese consumers, they tend to favor 
Chinese companies. And so it's really hard for these foreign companies to do really well. Plus they have all these competitors. So one of them raised $300 million a couple of weeks ago. Well, definitely the fact that the the guy who's in charge for them in China is now leaving after four months is definitely not a good sign, I'd say. Yeah, especially when they were so excited to bring him on board. It was a big announcement and they were searching in a long time. So yeah, it's not, not a good sign at all. Well, there was a article in the Lonely Planet about an Airbnb host in Tokyo, Japan, who found out that one of his guests that was staying at this place was an artist. And so he sent a message and he said, you know what, I would really love if you could, you know, while you were staying at my place, if you could maybe create a little bit of art on my wall. So the guy had a white wall that he wasn't using and, and also his door. And he wanted to have something on there. The artist uh, really uh, took that to heart and created a pretty amazing piece of art, I have to say. Uh, it looks pretty epic. And so the yeah. host offered him a free stay in return. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah, it's amazing. It's really incredible. Yeah, um, it's very lucky, lucky host to have such a talented guest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, when I first saw the headline, it says, this Airbnb guest left behind an incredible mural. Do I pronounce it right? On the host wall. Initially, when I saw the headline, I, I thought, okay, this wasn't coordinated. This is right, that right. Left, I know? was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then as I read the article, I realized that the host actually asked him to do it. So anyway, I thought it was kind of cool uh, article on the Lonely Planet. Let's see what else do we have going this will on. Be, this is kind of like, these are the quirky things from Airbnb that it would be so cool if Airbnb like kept track of and had some like Airbnb historian and they created some coffee table book with all these amazing kind of interactions or, you know, things that happen between hosts and guests and, you know, like the love story that we talked about before that happened in Detroit. And I would just love to see an Airbnb coffee table book. Yeah, that would be really epic. Yeah, cool stuff. I'm sure everybody has seen the hashtag uh, MeToo post on all the social media. And Lee Gallagher, I guess she did a pretty extensive interview with Branceschi because she also asked him some questions about what he thinks about all the controversy. So there's an article where Branceschi actually states that he thinks that one of the solutions or something that would contribute towards the solution is to have more women in leadership positions in the company. So I was reading this article and he literally says, I work every day, I work really hard to get more women on, on the board, for example. And so I was just curious to see how many women there were actually on the board of Airbnb. And I was kind of surprised to find out that the number was zero. <laughs> so Yeah, eight board members, six of them are white men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There um, you go. That's well, not diversity. <laughs> no, not really. Well, I mean, and, you know, I think for any position, they should always hire the best person, I'd say. Right. You know, whether that's a woman or a man or whatever skin color, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. It's you just want to get the most qualified person. But it's kind of interesting that he's just kind of providing like lip service by right. saying like, yeah, you know, like, I think we should have more women and we're doing all we can and I'm working really hard to get more women on the board. <laughs> and then it's kind of weird to see that there's, there's actually not a single woman on the board right now. So yeah, you're right. It's absolutely what leg is he standing on? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe somebody will put him to his words. That's the best we can hope for there, I guess. Yeah, I guess so too. What else has been in the news? There's a bunch of news stories about Africa. Now, Africa is, I guess, one of the fastest growing markets around the world in terms of percentages. Back in 2012, there was hardly any listings, and now they are up to about 100,000. They've made an agreement with the city of Cape Town. It's one of the most popular places in Africa for Airbnb guests to go. It has 17,000 listings, so that's quite a bit. One of the co-founders was down there, or was it the head of public relations, maybe, was down there. And so they're doing a, a big tour. The South African government and the mayor of the city of Cape Town is very excited to work with Airbnb. So there's, it's good to hear some positive news on sort of the cities and, and Airbnb, because a, a lot of times it's all about like restrictions and they're trying to shut it down, okay. et cetera. So that's good news. Uh, in the last five years, more than 2 million people have found holiday accommodations in Africa through Airbnb. And African hosts earned $139 million last year, according to a new Airbnb study. That's awesome. I wonder if they're going to have to go through an executive search to find somebody to oversee that region. (laughs) 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 I hope they have Uh, better luck. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. um, I'm looking at some graphs as well where... It shows how Africans are benefiting from Airbnb. South Africa has by far the most amount of listings, uh, about 45,000 or so. And then number two is Morocco, which is interesting. That's all the way on the other side of the continent. So I guess the most of the listings are either all the way in the south or all the way in the north. And then Kenya, Tanzania, and Nigeria are mentioned as well, but those are all have much lower amount of listings. Yeah, in Nigeria, 325% growth over the past year is the fastest growing country. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it's the fastest growing, but it looks like the the amount of listings is extremely small. Very small. It's like Mm -hmm. if you grow from 1 to 10, that's like, wow, 1,000% growth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in perspective, Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) The the other thing Airbnb is doing is they're really uh, paying attention to now, the social uh, problems uh, in these countries, they're putting some money into social products and trying to educate younger people in the bad neighborhoods in Cape Town as well. So they're definitely trying to do some good in South Africa. Very cool. All right. Well, with that, we've come to the end of this episode. Time always goes so fast. <laughs> it was fun, Jasper. Good stuff today. Absolutely, Nicole, and uh, I wish you a good day. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to go to sleep. Tomorrow (laughs) there will be another day, another video. Look forward to chatting to you again in a couple weeks. All right. I'll be watching your videos. Awesome. And for the listeners, thanks for listening. And of course, go check out uh, my videos on YouTube. If you want to keep updated, you can also subscribe to my email list. I'm sending out a daily email these days. Might be a little bit too much for some people, but if you are interested, then uh, go ahead and sign up at getpaidforyourpet.com. And with that, we've come to the end. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.